On today's Unqualified Opinions from Masari, we've got She256 founder, Alexis Gaba, Berkeley student that's been working on a project that will get more women into the crypto space and promote inclusivity. She's got an event coming up, uh, a kick-ass mentorship program that has 500 participants in, in a short six-month period, and uh, we cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time on this Friday afternoon. Uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it, but before we get into that conversation, a quick word on our sponsors, Token Tax and Token Soft. Masari's Unqualified Opinions is brought to you by our sponsors at Token Tax and Token Soft. Taxes suck. We all know it. And crypto taxes are even worse. I know because I spent days last year trying unsuccessfully to piece together the mess that was my crypto tax return. And I needed a platform that could pull from a variety of exchanges, wallets, and other crypto sources I used to help identify cost basis and actual gains and losses for the year. Token Tax saved me. Not only do they have an intuitive platform, they also have excellent customer support from real CPAs. No one loves paying taxes, but with the tax deadline just one month away in the U.S., you can go to tokentax.co right now to get started and save time and money on your taxes. Issuing a digital security on the blockchain is a lot of work, particularly on the compliance side of things, at least if you want to do it right. TokenSoft works with top legal and financial experts to make sure your digital assets are secure and compliant. The company leads the market in providing tools to support tax, banking, and securities regulations for digital asset issuers. To learn more about how TokenSoft and their new Knox wallet could help you with issuance, management, and custody of digital assets or securities, you can visit TokenSoft.io or follow them on Twitter at TokenSoft, Inc. at 2-Bit Idiots, and this is our first live and remote uh, podcast. So I want to thank uh, our, our guest who has been with us through the trial and error process now across two days getting the software to work, uh, Alexis Gaba, who is the founder of She256, which not only has a great name, but is addressing one of the industry's, uh, I'd say, top cultural issues. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about inclusivity and in, in, in the crypto ecosystem, some of the work that you're doing, not just on college campuses, but more generally uh, to promote that, the genesis for the idea, um, and then you know maybe just some of the general trends that, that you're excited about and, and, and that the club is, is tackling. Um, or I, maybe maybe we'll start there because I think that was probably a mischaracterization of, of She256. It is an organization, it's not a club, yeah. but you are yeah. at Berkeley. So um, why don't we start off, uh, Alexis, just having you introduce yourself and, and the genesis for this idea and how it's really taken mm-hmm. off aside from some phenomenal branding uh, with, <laughs> with, with, with the She256 play on words. Yeah, for sure. Um, So She256 is a nonprofit that I started with a couple of other amazing students at Berkeley um, around a year ago now. And it originally was just a conference. So um, we had been in the blockchain space for a little while. We had gone to a bunch of events. And every time we went anywhere, we were consistently, you know, the only women in the room. Um, And it was worse than our CS classes, which we didn't really think was possible. So we were like, okay, we need to do something about this. How can we get our peers more involved and more engaged and tell them about this tech that we're super excited about? Um, And so at that point we were thinking, okay, how do we get more college students interested? 
Uh, but then we were like, okay, why stop there? Why not include even more people? And so we held the first annual conference last spring. Um, and the goal there was to highlight the amazing work that women researchers and innovators are already doing in this space and use that kind of as inspiration to bring new people in. And there was such an amazing response to that conference. People really, really cared. Um, and from that point forward, we were like, okay, like we don't wanna stop here. There's so much more we can do. And that's when we decided to turn it into a full nonprofit organization. And we've been working on a variety of initiatives since then. So some of you know the big ones have been our mentorship program, which launched last fall, um, pairing up any female identifying individual with a professional mentor in the blockchain space, um, we do development and fundamentals boot camps for high school students. We ran a design-a-thon for high school students recently. Um, there's a fireside chat series that comes out every Friday and just so much exciting stuff going on here. And talk a little bit about some of the mentors uh, because it's a pretty yeah. impressive uh, list of, of you know early folks from the community. Oh, totally. Uh, I know a couple of folks from, from our team uh, have, have volunteered and, 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 and I've had a, a great experience so far. Um, how, how do you think you were able to so quickly assemble uh, people around this cause, given that, that this started as a college club? Is it just knowing the right couple yeah. of people, or, or who was, was one of the primary catalysts or, or a couple of catalysts to get For this sure. off the ground? I mean, people in the industry have been amazingly supportive, and there are definitely a couple of key people who were super helpful early on. So when we came up with the idea for mentorship and we were trying to get people involved as mentors, you know, I reached out to a number of women in the space, and some of them you know, retweeted it on Twitter and it got a lot of traction. So Linda Shee and Jill Carlson were amazingly helpful, You know, initially like helping get the word out with all of this and bringing more people in, which was absolutely incredible. And so you know, after they started retweeting it and then started getting traction on Twitter, you know, within a couple of days, we had more mentors signed up than mentees, which was incredible. Um, and so we were able to match up everyone who wanted to be a mentee with a mentor. Um, and we expected it to be a relatively small program, but there are 500 participants from 35 plus countries, which is very, very wow. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and so the, the mentorship kicked off last fall. Uh, yes. the, what, what do you hope uh, will come out of that tangibly, right? Uh, there, yeah. there are certainly the expectations that uh, these mentors are going to be available. You're going to get together. You're, you're, you're uh, going to just generally try to keep tabs. Uh, and, and be an open door, but what is the, um, if you have a KPI around that, um, sure. how, how does this scale and, and how do you actually measure success? Yeah. For sure, there were a couple of key goals we had going in. One was we wanted everyone like who was a mentee as part of the program to be able to come out and be thinking about this blockchain stuff, at least be familiar with it, at least want to engage with this community. Um, another big goal we had is that we wanted mentees to potentially be working in the space and actually creating this next set of technologies. And it's been really cool because now we've seen a couple of mentees who previously weren't interested in blockchain starting companies in the space or working you know, in, in key positions at really cool projects in the space. And so it actually has you know, it kind of achieved that goal of bringing people in to work on these problems. So that's been really, really cool for us. And then from the mentor perspective, we were hoping that people would be able to learn about how people just entering the space view things and kind of bring in that outside perspective and force people to consider these different alternatives. And I think another thing is that, um, you know, part of this was location-based. So some mentors and mentees wanted to be in the same location. Um, and so we definitely took into account those requests. But 
some people, you know, didn't mind remote and such. So we were able to pair people up from completely different parts of the world, which also adds in an additional perspective of what people, you know, in in different countries are thinking about with regard to crypto and provides that more holistic view that both the mentor and mentee can learn from. And so that was another goal for us. How about job placement? Uh, most most. Yeah. How does the split break out between young professionals and college students? Yeah. So the majority of participants are actually either recent college graduates or young adults or even people who are mid-career who are kind of looking to learn about this and make a career switch. Mm -hmm. There is a reasonable population of college students and there are some high school students too, actually. Um, So in terms of job placement, you know, some of the college students have you know, been looking into internships in the space. A couple of the recent grads have joined projects full time, which is very, very cool. Um, and I know a couple of other people who, you know, like their mentors have been able to post on forums and LinkedIn and all of this, like in the past, like couple months as they're looking for jobs post graduation. And so, you know, they've talked about how that kind of stimulus or that kind of support has encouraged them to continue working in this space because they have someone who could kind of guide them into finding the projects and the roles that they feel comfortable and excited about. How do you, uh, do you have a bias for um, engineering or business or, or, or design? One of the things that I think um, people talk about quite a bit uh, in generally in STEM positions and, mm-hmm. and you know, across Silicon Valley, right? Just uh, getting more, yeah. more uh, women engineers. Um, that tends to be, maybe the, the bigger issue than just gender parity in, in these, the, the, comp, the broader companies, right? It's role specific. Um, have sure. you guys had a uh, bias for uh, the type of uh, background or, or is it much more inclusive than that? How, how do you think about that? Yeah. So for mentorship, it's been very, very inclusive. So it's pretty well spread across the board. There are mentors and mentees from almost every interest imaginable. So there are people doing law, people doing design, people doing business, people doing engineering. And we really wanted that to be inclusive. I think there are so many ways that people from lots of different backgrounds can contribute to this space, especially since it's so interdisciplinary. But we definitely also really want to encourage women to not fear STEM and, you know, to really, you know, Think, know that this is something they can do and pursue. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been doing with the high school development boot camps. So um, Elaine and Natalia from the She256 team have put together an amazing curriculum. Um, and they go to high schools and they teach students about blockchain fundamentals and encourage them to develop. But we are you know, very cognizant of how this can be intimidating to people, especially mm-hmm. you know, the first time I hear about blockchain to be presented with like a smart contract and solidity and all of this. It's a lot. Um, which is why it's a design. That's before you even go on crypto Twitter. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, and and I think a lot of the time, there's also these important questions of why are we building what we're building? Who is the beneficiary of the problem we're solving? Um, And thinking through all those steps as well. I think that's really important, which is why we really emphasize those design thinking aspects of the design-a-thon. Um, but it was really cool. By the end of that, you know, all of these students who had never heard about blockchain, never heard about design, came out with these working Figma prototypes. And then they came up to us after and they were like, this is so cool. Now, how do I code it? Um, and so that was amazing because they loved going through that process and really understanding it. And then they had, you know, the natural desire to to fully build out what they had already built. There was no fear, like no hesitation. Um, and that's really, really what we're going for. That's great. 
Um, yeah, it was next, incredible. The, 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 the next main event is coming up in just a few weeks yeah. now, right? So we, we have to talk about that. I want to make sure we don't forget and, and bury the lead. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, people will, will follow all the way to the end. Um, but talk about this event coming up in April. Yes. So this is our second annual conference. So the anniversary of how all of this got started. And this is going to be on April 28th at Berkeley Haas. The theme this year is Recolor. It's kind of meant to be an amalgamation of opinions, takeaways, and experiences from this last year in the blockchain space to have us all step back and rethink the way we're considering the space, rethink the way that we're bringing people in, rethink the problems that we're solving. Um, and the whole lineup is going to be very much you know, panel and discussion oriented. We want people from different perspectives sharing their views, butting heads. Um, and so it's going to cover a wide range of topics. So there'll be like legal, DeFi, um, crypto and emerging markets, all sorts of really, really interesting things. The speaker lineup is incredible. Um, some of the lineup is on the website. Not everyone's there yet. We're still working on getting all the headshots uploaded, but there are such amazing people who are going to be speaking. Like I'm who, really, really excited. <laughs> who, who, who are some of the headliners? Oh my gosh. Everyone's a headliner. <laughs> They're all so cool. Um, so, um, Megan Maloney from General Catalyst just confirmed, um, Daisy Ozim from blockchain for, um, you know, social justice, which is very, very cool. Um, Catherine Wu, who, um, was leading business development with Sari, uh, Jill Carlson from Open Money Initiative, Taylor Monahan, um, Allison from UMA, they just launched, um, so many, like the list goes on, like Amiti Utuar, who's one of the first female contributors to Bitcoin Core and an engineer at Coinbase. Like, there's so many incredible women in this space, and I, I you know, I wouldn't even be doing it justice just to name the people who are, who were able to make it on the conference day. Um, so it's how, has, you know, you mentioned you have 500 um, mentors and mentees placed. Is it 250 each, or is it 500 pairs? Okay, so 250. Yeah. Um, well, 256 each, right? <laughs> oh my um, gosh. <laughs> That would have been good. <laughs> um, well, uh, well, well, we'll give you credit for the last six. Um, how how big can this event get? Because I'd imagine it's it's going to be pretty well attended. It, it sounds like a good lineup. Uh, a lot of people yeah. are, are bought into the mission of this organization. Um, this sounds like it's going to be one of the bigger events of April. I am. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So we have the capacity for around 250 to 300 people. So it's going to be held at Berkeley Haas. Um, and it's a wonderful venue. Um, it's great that Haas is supporting the event. And so that's kind of the capacity that we have for this year. But we're also planning on live streaming a lot of the content as well so that people who can't make it are still able to participate. All of the talks will be posted online after. We really want these conversations to be open and, you know, anyone, we want anyone to be able to ac access this content. Where, uh, where do you think this goes in the next couple of years? Oh my gosh, we have so many ideas. I, I think we're at this point just kind of constrained by like time and bandwidth, but we're trying to figure out how to scale and bring on more volunteers and, and figure out how to grow this from here. I think, you know, we can definitely really scale out mentorship. Um, we'd love to expand the development boot camps that Elena and Natalia have been doing. Um, this semester has kind of been our pilot program there. Um, we'd love, you know, for more people to be able to host designathons, you know, in their own schools and their cities, and you know, be a support system for them to do that. Um, and so there are honestly, just, yeah, we have so many ideas. And so there's definitely going to be a lot coming out this year, next year, and going forward as well. Are there are there satellite chapters that have been set up at this point? 
Yeah, so we've been thinking about this. We haven't um, released a formal chapter structure yet. We really want to make sure that if we do chapters, we do it right, um, because mm -hmm. I've definitely seen it you know, go wrong in a lot of cases. I think um, the better thing right now is to kind of take these initiatives and bring these particular initiatives to different places, um, because then it's a very clear purpose. So for example, like um, if students at other schools or people in other countries or cities want to be hosting development workshops, we're able to like give them the curriculum, help them get trained, like help them work with different students. And then, you know, they can take that on and, and own that. Um, or same with a design-a-thon. Like if they want to host a design-a-thon, then we can help support that. And so I think that's kind of where we want to start before kind of approaching the chapter question. Makes sense. Um, it's, uh, it's a great initiative. It's come together uh, insanely fast. Uh, yes. <laughs> when, when, when you started this, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure this has just exploded your professional network. What, what, is, what is next for you personally? Is this going to become yeah. a full-time thing or, or will you hand the reins off to uh, someone else? I definitely plan on, you know, working with Chi 256 for the long run. This is something that makes me happy that I really enjoy doing. Um, so currently I am working on Chi 256 and then I'm also working on Mechanism Labs, which is a mm -hmm. research and development arm of the blockchain space. Right now we're focused on cryptocurrency adoption in emerging markets and decentralized finance. Um, so those are my two key focuses, like, you know, in, in the did, near term. Did, have, have you, you've already graduated then. Um, I, I'm taking some time off. Okay. Got it. I, I was, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I can imagine, uh, I doing, doing this and, uh, doing school, but probably oh, not no. all three of those things. And oh, I thought gosh. that you were still, uh, uh still in school. I, so, that, uh, I mean, it was pretty recent. I was doing all three last semester and, it was not sustainable. <laughs> I, 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 I can imagine that being the case. Um, so uh, where can people find you on Twitter and, and what's the best way to, to get in touch or, or uh, reach out, get supporting the, the initiative and, and sure. learning more about the event and other programs? Yeah. Um, so you can find She256 on Twitter at She underscore 256. And the best way to get in touch with us is to email us at She256 at blockchain.berkeley.edu. Definitely register for Recolor sooner than later. Um, and so all of that information is available at recolor.io. Um, and all other information about our other initiatives is at she256.io. We will put that in the show notes. Alexis, Perfect. congratulations on all the traction and good luck with this event. I'm sure it's going to be a hit. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon. Yeah. All right, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Until then, peace. <laughs>